So new beginnings. We're thinking about new beginnings this morning. Can you remember a time in your life when there was a new start? A time in your life when there was a new start. Things maybe were never going to be the same again. Yes, there may have been certain things that were constant, but to all intents and purposes, it was going to be a fresh outlook on life. I guess that's been the case for our new married couples over this last few weeks, getting used to now how each other live. Where do we keep the crockery? Where are certain things in the house? How do you go about those kind of things? What about routines and procedures? When to speak, when to be silent. So many other adjustments that people have to make that come with married life. What about bringing a new baby into the household? Some would say that that's the biggest shock to the system that you could imagine. Everything changes, all the routines, procedures. You discover hours in the day that you never knew existed. All those types of things. Or maybe retirement from work. Finding different ways to use time. New interests, new relationships. New beginnings. And it feels like that a bit in church this morning that this is a new beginning. We're coming back together again, more and more. We have this opportunity for a fresh start. And we're not necessarily bound by what has gone on before. And we're looking to God to guide us into this new season. And whatever we think about the negative side of COVID and there's been so many of them and the lockdowns, God has afforded us this opportunity to look at things in a new light and move forward. And of course, the same will apply to many churches around the country, around the world. And for us at NCBC, we have the added possibility that uh, we're looking to call someone to be our pastor, to be our shepherd. Exciting times as we move forward. And each of us who's connected to this community, whether that be a long-standing commitment as a member or somebody who's just getting to know people in the church, each of us has got a part to play in that. The people gathered here will not be the same as they were before. Some families have moved on. And we wish them God's blessing. We wish them God's blessing in their faith journey. We love them. We will continue to do that. And we pray that he will continue to be an important part in their lives. We've seen new faces. We've got to know new people. And that's going to continue over the coming months as well. As we welcome people into our building for the first time. Students will come into the city and we're already forging relationships with Charmin and Alyssa who are relay workers and we hope that there'll be a link between them and students coming in to encourage them to, to come to NCBC. I'm sure we'll get to know them over the coming weeks and months. When we call a new minister, inevitably it will bring people who are curious to have a look and see what God will do in that situation. And the makeup of our church family will be something new. Different gifts and skills 
And we believe that God calls people together for a purpose, for his purposes, for the benefit of his kingdom. So our God is a God of new beginnings. We've just remembered Jesus' death around the communion table. And that death and resurrection created the opportunity for new life, for new beginnings. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And we look forward to that new life within the church here at NCBC. Last week, Terry spoke to us about himself and others from his experience who, who came to that newness of life through an encounter with Jesus. And today we're going to look at three events that happened after the resurrection and draw some parallels with our situation today. So firstly, in Luke 24, we find the story of two people on a journey to a place called Emmaus. And that seems to have taken place on the very day of the resurrection. And we're going to pick up the story in verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still. Their faces downcast. One of them, Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. They stood still, their faces downcast. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Regrets about the way things had turned out. I wonder what those people's aspirations around Jesus had been. We know that Israel was occupied by the Romans and that in their history there had been other occupations and attempts at liberation. Perhaps Jesus was the one. Was he the one that was going to make the difference? He's got such power. He can control the wind and the waves. He heals people of terminal sicknesses. He's even brought people back from the dead. If we get behind him, if we build up that support, we can claim Israel back. That's what God would want, isn't it? We're his people. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And now? Well, what now? Is he just another failed leader? And the story goes on that Jesus walked alongside them. He opened up the scriptures with explanation about God's way, about God's purposes, how they were being worked out. And as they broke bread together, 
they recognized Jesus for who he was, the risen Lord. And they got excited and returned at once to Jerusalem to tell everyone. I wonder, do we have regrets about the way things have been over the past 18 months or even longer than that? We had hoped that. You could perhaps fill in the ending to that. We had hoped that. We had hoped that the church would open sooner. We had hoped that God would have brought an end to the pandemic by now. We had hoped that more people would have got in touch with us over lockdown. We'd hoped that there'd be a new pastor in place by now. We had hoped that. And you may have other things that haven't quite panned out the way that you would have liked. And like the people in the story, we can be tempted to, to wallow in those regrets, standing still with our faces downcast. Or we can allow Jesus to walk alongside us as he did with the people on the road to Emmaus, opening up the scriptures, we can allow him to open up his word to us and remind us of God's promises. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. Whatever we're going through, we can be assured that God is with us. From Philippians 4, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Jesus can walk alongside us and tell us those words from scripture that God will meet all our needs. From Isaiah, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, Yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. 2 Corinthians 4, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And each of those promises from his word are alive and active and there are so many more. Just as Jesus is alive and active and is doing a new thing right here at NCBC. And he wants each one of us to be a part of it. And maybe today is the day to shake off any regrets that we have. To allow his Holy Spirit to come and take those regrets away. Allow Jesus to walk alongside us. Enable us to be an active part in the church moving forward. The people got excited and they returned to Jerusalem to tell everyone. Can we be that people getting excited about the way forward? The second story is found in John 21. Uh, some of the disciples had gone fishing and had caught nothing. And the voice from the shore urged them to cast their nets out again. 
and ended up with a net full of fish, 153 of them. Echoes of a similar story that we find at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. The disciples would have remembered that occasion. I'm not sure how much the fishermen disciples, Peter, Andrew, James and John, had been fishing in between those two occasions. Probably not too much, as their lives had been totally changed by following Jesus. But Peter decided that was what he was going to do, and he invited some of the other disciples to join him. Of course, nothing wrong with going fishing, something Peter knew very well. Although from the two occasions we read of him in the Gospels, maybe he wasn't very good at fishing, so he didn't catch anything first time. And there had seemingly been a stop in the work they'd been called to do for Jesus. Three years earlier, they'd been called. Jesus had died. They'd seen him a couple of times before, but there seemed to have been a stop in that work. And Peter went back to something he'd done in his old life, to something he knew best. Is there a danger that we feel there's been a stop in God's work over the past 18 months? Has there been a temptation to go back to old ways, to prioritise other things? Just leave that there to ponder. It's not the main point I want to draw from this story. But it could be that other priorities have become more important. And we find it difficult to be motivated again for the things of Jesus. But the main point to draw from this story is the encounter that Peter had with Jesus on the beach that we find in John 21. When they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. We know that Peter was excited to see Jesus. He'd wrapped his outer garment around him and, and jumped in the water to get to Jesus quickly once he recognised who Jesus was. And we're told that this was the third occasion that Jesus had appeared to his disciples. But Peter's last act before Jesus' death was to deny that he had anything to do with Jesus. You may remember the story of him Foolishly saying that he was ready to go to prison with Jesus and even to death. Of Jesus predicting that Peter would deny Jesus three times before the rooster crowed. And then the story playing out just as Jesus had predicted. Woman, I don't know him. Man, I am not. Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Is how the NIV puts it. And it goes on to describe how the rooster crowed that Jesus looked at him 
and he went outside and wept bitterly. You know, I'm sure we've been there in that place where we recognize that we've let Jesus down. We prayed a prayer of confession earlier on. The Bible tells us that everyone's sinned and, and fallen short of God's glory. But the good news of the gospel is that we have that opportunity of a fresh start. And maybe our regrets about lockdown have not been so much about the circumstances that we find ourselves in and the things that might have happened, but about our own response and our own relationship with God through it and our own relationship with one another. And Jesus offers Peter a fresh start. Three times Jesus asked Peter if he loved him, echoing the three times that Peter had denied him. And there are nuances in the story, different Greek words that go to make our word love. Agape, unconditional love. Philia, uh, a different type of love, care, respect for others, compassion. Time doesn't allow us to go into that too much today. Maybe something to look up yourselves if you have the opportunity. But the heart of the encounter is Jesus restoring Peter to that relationship and commissioning him to work moving forward, commissioning to the work that he'd been called to do. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter got a bit wound up the third time. Lord, you know everything. You know everything about me. And Jesus reassures him that he's not finished with him. Yes, Peter might have messed up. He may have let Jesus down. He even disowned him. But Jesus has a special role for him moving forward. Feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. And each of us has a role to play for God's kingdom. Like the disciples did, we, we don't have to argue about who is the greatest or which role is more influential. The body of Christ is made up of many different characters, many different giftings. What's important is that we serve him because we love him. And don't think because we've messed up in the past that Jesus has finished with us. You may have to have that encounter with him to answer the question, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? You may have to answer it more than once, as Peter did. But our God is a God of new beginnings, of new opportunities. And he's looking for each one of us to have a role in serving him as we move forward. And the final new beginning we're going to look at is in Acts. And we sometimes forget that this was less than two months after Jesus' resurrection. Jesus had been with the disciples for 40 days and told them not to leave Jerusalem 
but to wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we read on in Acts 2 that when the day of Pentecost came, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The church was commissioned, empowered, and sent out to spread the good news of Jesus. Peter preached the gospel on that day. 3,000 people were added to their number. And they devoted themselves to fellowship, breaking of bread, and to prayer. More people came to faith on a daily basis. The church of Jesus Christ in action, empowered by the Holy Spirit. You know, that church still exists 2,000 years on. And here at NCBC, we're a small part of a movement that's spread throughout the whole world. What's our purpose? We're God's plan to bring light to the world. You know, that's not changed since the beginning of time. There's no plan B. God works through people. Firstly, in the Old Testament, we read about him working through the nation of Israel. And since Jesus', since Jesus death and resurrection, he works through his church, through us. And when we continue to read through the book of Acts, we see how this small group of people began to change the outlook of the world that they lived in. Not without opposition, but guided by the Holy Spirit and seeking to bring about God's kingdom purposes. Truth, justice, forgiveness, love, a servant heart, healing, a stand against evil and darkness. And that's our calling here at NCBC, to bring about these kingdom purposes of God in our setting, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Truth, justice, forgiveness, love, servanthood, healing, standing against evil and darkness. And sometimes the temptation can be to focus on other things, things that are not kingdom purposes and expand our energy in that direction. How the enemy loves that when we get caught into other things. I love to read Adrian Plass. Uh, some of you may have come across him. This is one of my favorite books, A Year at St. Yorick's. And it's uh, a compilation of uh, a whole year of parish magazines. And it's, I can't open it without chuckling because it's so funny. And some of the things he talks about there are things that people get wound up about in church sometimes. How the chairs are stacked. There's a whole lot in there about stacking chairs or the way the chairs are set out. What kind of music should we have in church? Should it be the organ or the guitar or something else? Things that sometimes get us wound up. What kind of coffee should we have? What kind of biscuits should we have? Crinkled crunch, bourbons, 
or just plain ones. Yes, we, we might laugh about that. And Adrian Plass makes a, a humorous look at that. And we can laugh at it, but sometimes it can also carry an element of truth about it. That we can seek thing, have things the way that we want them. And they become more important than the reason we're really here. As we seek to call a new pastor, what will our priority be as we, as we talk to Tom or others that may come? Will it be maintaining the way that we like things to be? Or will it be seeking God's person to look out from the church and to show the outside world truth, justice, forgiveness, love, servanthood, healing, stand against evil and darkness it's a fresh start a new beginning we're not the same church that met the last time we had a full service here in March 2020 God is doing a new thing and has brought this group of people together for a purpose for his kingdom purpose Will you be part of it? Will you leave any regrets with God? Will you let Jesus draw alongside you and offer forgiveness and a new commissioning? Are you open to allow the Holy Spirit to empower you as part of his church? Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, come among us this morning. We want to offer ourselves to you here at NCBC. We want to be your church. We want to be a church that prioritizes your kingdom purposes to the world outside. And Lord, if we have regrets this morning. We ask that you would come and deal with them by your spirit. Take away those regrets about the way things have been, about the circumstances, what we thought might happen, about areas of our life where we feel we've let you down. Lord, we have confidence that when we bring them to you and allow you to walk alongside us, you will make a difference in those areas. Holy Spirit, would you come among us? Empower us to be your people in the world today. In Jesus' name, amen.